And now another edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman. Every edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman airs weekdays on the American Forces Network in countries around the world. Each show is also available as a podcast at ontravel.com and at iTunes. Just use the keyword on travel. Here's Paul and Elizabeth. Well, we are blessed to have the inimitable Max Hartshorn back again. Max, of course, is a sort of a roving correspondent for us, as roving as anybody can be these days. And uh, Max is, of course, the editor of GoNomad.com. Well, Max, you're the most prescient person in our entire life because you have predicted the city where the next presidential library will be built. That's correct. I, I, my timing could not have been better last weekend when all the world was looking around and thinking, okay, who's going to take over as our new president? And as we all know, it's turned out to be Wilmington's Joe Biden Jr. And so <laughs> in, in honor of the new president coming in in January, I set up a trip to visit Wilmington, Delaware, a state I have never slept in, but only driven through. And I think that's probably true with a lot of people. Is that true with you guys? Driven we, through, but never stopped? I've yeah. never even been there. Yeah, I and I think I have driven through Delaware, but not stopped. Uh, but I think you're right. Wilmington, Delaware is now going to be on everyone's must-visit list. And you were there first. Well, not first forever, but I mean one of the first journalists to come and report on what it's like to visit Wilmington, Delaware, because it's going to become a, a hot tourist destination, don't you think? It really is. You know, it's going to be a place that's going to be on the map. It's like um, basically, you know, maybe like the new Mar-a-Lago, but a little different. And <laughs> I, speaking of Mar-a-Lago, I happen to see the road that our future president lives on. He lives on a very, you know, it's a rural part of, of Wilmington. Surprisingly, he lives a little outside of Wilmington. He doesn't live in actually in Wilmington. He lives in Centerville. But it's only about eight or t eight or nine miles away from the center of Wilmington. We drove oh, down nice. a little country road. Uh, we turned off this, you know, it was very bucolic with beautiful farms and long, you know, long driveways. And we drove by a private school, a very large private school. And right after that, our road was blocked by police, and we realized this must be what it's going to be like all the time now. They're, they're going to—they don't let anybody drive by old Joe's house anymore. But there it not was. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, old Joe is not such a bad thing because uh, the people of Wilmington, as comes out in your article for Go Nomad, really just look at Joe as a regular guy who happens to live down the road. Exactly. That was the, you know, and I, I really wanted to find out about how people felt about um, interactions they've had with the Bidens and over the years. And, and, you know, they really had great things. It was a very positive trip because not only was I excited about the election, but I was also excited that, that I met so many people that knew the Biden family. They talked, uh, one guy in this bar, there's a photograph of me on my blog, which is called Read Up On It, which is my, what I publish in, as well as Go Noman, I publish my blog. And on my personal blog, I wrote about meeting a guy in a bar in downtown Wilmington. And he said, oh, yeah. He goes, I love the, the daughter. Joe's daughter is a doctor who works with underprivileged children. And as you know, Dr. Jill Biden is a doctor as well. And there's just a real positive feeling about the family. Everybody just, nobody has a bad word to say. And the empathy and the understanding and the just the decency of Joe 
Joseph E. Biden Jr. really came out and it was wonderful to visit his hometown, a small town. You know, there's only about 70,000 people in downtown Wilmington. It's not a large area and maybe 750,000 around the area. Well, and you discovered as a, as a tourist destination, you discovered some really interesting things about that town. I mean, um, there's a place you can go axe throwing. That's right. Constitution <laughs> Yards. Downtown, um, right on the river. Now, the, the, the town is small, and there's a river called the Christina River runs through the town. And like so many of these wonderful resurgent cities, they realized that they, they need to address the river and have the river be front and center. So they built this really wonderful river walk, which is about five miles along the Christina River. And there is a thing called Constitution Yards, which is a large area, kind of an open air area. And that's an area where people can throw axes and they can drink local uh, uh, beer. Okay. They can enjoy hey, themselves the too. Millennials love to do. Yes. Yeah. Elizabeth says, hopefully not at the same time. I echo that. A drunk beer axe thrower is not a wonderful thing. No, but it's just, it's kind of like throwing darts, right? Except it's with axes, right? It's just, it's a fun yeah. game. <laughs> the yeah. potential, it's just a larger, the, a larger the potential damage is much more. That's right. Well, okay. So but, did you throw an axe? I didn't get a chance because it was closed because, you know, all the Constitution Yards kind of had been boarded up for the season. It just had closed up in November. Well, I can just imagine on a summer day with all these young people who, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty prosperous city. As you may know, Delaware has an interesting uh, position in the world because Delaware is sort of the Liberia of the United States. <laughs> even. And not to get too detailed and too granular, but I said to somebody, I said, what is it about Delaware? Why are so many corporations located in Delaware? And they said, it's because the bankruptcy court is not elected. They are appointed. So that means the bankruptcy court will be very knowledgeable and can do a very good job with your bankruptcy should that befall your company. So for some reason, that attracts like so many corporate headquarters. And so, so many companies are registered in Delaware, maybe just with a PO box, but it has to do with the lawyers and the court system in Delaware. That explains why it's the Liberia of the United States. So it's Somehow that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Where so, there are lawyers, there are corporations. Well, and so it's very business friendly, it sounds like. And, um, uh, well, DuPont, is DuPont located yes. there? Du DuPont is the most famous thing about Wilmington. And there's a really interesting backstory about DuPont. Uh, E.I. DuPont came over to the United States from France. He had a very prosperous business in France. And when he came to Wilmington area, he set up one of the first, this is about 1860, I think, one of the first black powder production facilities where they made oh, right. black powder. And, you know, during the Civil War, whenever anybody would fire a musket, there was a tremendous amount of smoke that came up every time anybody fired a musket. And if you ever see, like, reconstruction or reenacting of Civil War and stuff, there's so much smoke you can't believe it. It's because they made black powder and it had it very, very smoky. And DuPont created a, a factory. And one of the first things we did was visit this place called Hoogley, Hagley Gardens. Ooh. And Hagley was essentially the DuPont home. And down below, along the Brandywine River, they have a hydro-powered series of very large stone sheds. 
And these stone fortified sheds were where they mixed the black powder. Oh, wow. And they used to have tremendous explosions. It was a very dangerous thing. They had hundreds of explosions and deaths because this black powder, they would mix saltpeter, charcoal, and something else and create black powder that we use for gunpowder and blasting powder. So it created a great fortune. But unfortunately, when they developed um, smokeless powder, uh, the DuPonts had to find a different way to make a living. Oh, oh <laughs> poor, poor DuPonts. They went into you know, chemicals. Yeah, they went into chemicals. You know, the whole process of, uh, I think, military technology is just fascinating. And of course, there are uh, museums there. And you mentioned one museum, which I guess is actually not in uh, Delaware, the Helicopter Museum. And what a fascinating place that must be. It was so interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, Delaware is so small that many of the attractions that you find in Wilmington are just right over the border in Chester, Pennsylvania. And yes, we went to this helicopter museum. It was really remarkable. I'm a big museum junkie. You know, I just love museums. I love the, the more esoteric, the better. And this helicopter museum was pretty cool. There was so many helicopters and so many different displays. And they had an Osprey, one of those giant gigantic vertical takeoff airplanes and they had uh, a, a cobra helicopter outside and inside just every conceivable type of helicopter and so you really learned a lot it was a fun little excursion um the other place which i really have to say was one of the highlights was at the end of the tour uh was we went to a longwood gardens and oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, you saw the photograph. Uh, if you take a look at, uh, well, you'll see it on Go Nomad in a couple of weeks. But right now it's on my Read Up On It blog. But there's a picture of this tremendous conservatory. Again, this was owned by one of the DuPont family. It is the most remarkable indoor uh, horticultural garden you've ever seen. Just the tour goes on and on with these chrysanthemums and gigantic, I mean, they have plants. They have a, a sort of century plant that looked like as big as a human. It was just oh, tremendous. Wow. And you go through these beautiful gardens and it's all inside so you can go all year round, but highly recommended. I, I really think that this was a highlight of Longwood. And the other things they have there are really, many of them relate to DuPonts. You know, the, the, the great fortune that they made really created quite a number of different interesting things that you can see, whether they are gardens or mansions or in downtown Wilmington, the famous Hotel DuPont. Oh, tell us about that. Oh. Well, it's really swank, and it's no longer owned by the DuPont Corporation, but it was, for many years, the, the place, the watering hole for the great rich executives of the DuPont company. Right now, it's just a cozy old, you know, don't you love the old hotels? Love oh, yeah. Classic old hotels with mm -hmm. high ceilings and cozy banquettes and we went to a wonderful restaurant called Le Cavalier inside the Hotel DuPont. And as you would expect with a hotel restaurant, it's high quality, top notch. There was a little bit of me, though, that, you know, you guys, a little bit of me that was a little bit nervous because it's still it's still pandemic time. And here I was ah. in a big restaurant, you know, talking to a chef with a mask on. I felt a little nervous during my travels. That was the only thing. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just the, the damn pandemic's fault, really. You know? Yeah, but you, yeah, uh, yeah. Talk just a little about that because you did. I mean, you you have been traveling uh, during these times, but you're very careful to always wear a mask, to always obey all of the protocols. So, um, did you find that um, 
most people were uh, observing the protocols. Well, yes, they are because in our, you know, in the state of Delaware, like the state of Massachusetts, and I think in most of the state of California, it's a law. You can't. It's not a matter of me telling you to put a mask on. It's the governor says you have to put a mask on. So that was fine. So everywhere in downtown Wilmington, I went. You know, most people were respectful and they wore the masks. I traveled on Amtrak. That was nothing I want to talk about because you know yes, Joe please. Biden is very interested in Amtrak and he's been a big supporter of Amtrak. So you know, putting on a mask for six hours in a train is, is quite a thing. You know, it's not that easy. And I sympathize with my son who works in a restaurant, has to wear a mask all day mm-hmm. long, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow, you know. But, but and you, Yeah. But the Amtrak, the, again, you, um, you felt that they were, uh, you know, keeping everything very clean and doing all that on Amtrak. Well, but the thing is that no matter how much you wipe up all over the place and you spray with disinfectant and so forth, it's the breathing of the mm-hmm. other people. And, you know, you were masked. You can still, I mean, I had some people behind me were chatting away and then, you know, we're having drinks. And of course you take the mask off when you have a drink. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I don't want to be a, a nervous Nelly, but I got to say that when I came back, I had about a seven day quarantine. And I think that anybody who takes a trip, no matter even if it's just go away for the weekend, you should spend about seven days kind of just lying low because you don't know, you know, you want to let it pass. If anything did, you know, happen, nothing was yeah. happening. I had no problems, but I don't know, you know, it's just a funny time to travel. Like, you know, you're in the, in this beautiful hotel and you got your mask off cause you're having a drink and you're thinking, Hey, you know, I, I could pick up something. It's just a little thing for to think about nobody's fault, you know, no fault and harm, no foul, but certainly something that I thought about. No, I think, I think you're right. And I think, and there's some, there's some people debating, you know, whether, whether we should travel during the pandemic. And I, but I think as long as you do it responsibly as you do, and I think that's a really good suggestion, um, even if there's no law that says you have to, to just, if you go someplace, just to self-quarantine for several days after you return, I think is a really smart thing to do and the considerate thing to do. And we are chatting with the ever-considerate Max Hartzorn, who is editor of GoNomad.com. He also has uh, his own blog. And um, where do you go to look, read your blog, uh, Max? Uh, if you go to the, if you put in Google, just put in read up on it. Read up on it. Read up on it. And you find my blog. And you know, I've been doing this blog, my personal blog, since 2004, you guys. Oh, you are one of the pioneers. Well, and you are traveling on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Elizabeth Harriman here with Paul Lastly. And uh, Max is reporting on a visit to Joe Biden's hometown, Wilmington, Delaware, which is fast becoming a hot visitor destination. Well, I guess it's always been a nice place to visit, but I think it will be ever more. Popular, and I noticed you. Um, there, are, there are covered bridges near Wilmington. There's a photograph of one on the website. Uh, you tell us a little bit about the about what it looks like. What the country yeah, well, that's a good. You know, as I as I said, it's at seven. It, there's only seventy thousand people in the whole town. So it's. Yeah. I mean, I'd say you know maybe the metro will be about seven hundred thousand, but it's not a very populated area. So you're driving your car. We, we were we were hosted by some wonderful folks from a visit Del from. Um, visit Wilmington and they basically drove us around and then you could have it. You're out of the city and like, I mean, seven or eight minutes, you're in this, like what feels like a little town, but mm. it's really, you know, the outer part of Wilmington. So yeah, as you drive along, one of my nice things we did was we took a little drive and we saw three covered bridges in the mm. corner of like just 10 miles. It was really neat. They're all unique and they all had sort of their own special characteristics, but these, it reminded me a little bit of when I grew up. I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey, uh, and that also has a has a rural feel to it. It's got farmland and woods, and it's got affluent 
people with affluent homes. You know, Wilmington is kind of an affluent area. You notice that. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't have a huge mansion, but I mean, it doesn't have Mar-a-Lago, but he does have a nice house. And all of the houses are set back and yeah. they're very nice and very well cared for. Um, but another thing, I, I want to talk a little bit about this Hagley Gardens. I'm not sure I gave it enough justice in my blog. I'm going to write more about it on my website. But but Hagley, just being able to see that, you know, that place where, like, for instance, there's a... Well, they make black powder. They or, powder, but they also have a beautiful uh, mansion that hasn't been lived in in many years, but that was owned by the DuPonts. And there's a little shed, literally like the size of maybe your garage next to this beautiful, elegant 1700s mansion. And they said, that's where DuPont headquarters was. That's where Max, the DuPont company Max, started. Max, we lost you for this just a minute. Shed. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah that's okay. Hello. Yeah. Hello. There we go. Hi, Mac. We just we lost you. There was a uh, interference there for a few seconds, but okay, we've got well, we'll back. Let's start that again. Yeah, you were talking about. Well, the, you were talking about this small shed that's next to the uh, Dupont and, mansion. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and it turned out that they started the Dupont company in the house, and then they decided we ought to build a little headquarters for this little company called Dupont. And so uh, they built uh, a stone shed, and it's uh, about the size of a two-car garage, and that's where the DuPont company started. And now, I mean, DuPont was bought by Dow for hundred, you know, dozens of billions, and uh -huh. it's one of the biggest companies in the world. But it is, you know, still headquartered there, and they still manufacture chemicals and all sorts of things. Um, they had some problems with their Teflon they made that that caused quite a big problem, but uh, they seem to have survived. But that you can get a really interesting slice of history when you go to the Hagley Gardens in outside of Wilmington, and you just stroll around and you, you see these really, uh, well, they have ornate gardens, you know, English gardens that were taken care of by some of the wealthy people that live there, an old swimming pool that, you know, is no longer used, but was once very elegant. And then you look a little further and they're on the Brandywine River and that the Brandywine River is really pretty, um, very, you know, not very developed, just clean. And that is where they sort of sluiced off the, the river to, to go alongside a, like a chase. And then the water flowed back through these old turbines. And, you know, they actually have the turbines are still there and they, they can turn them on and show you how these turbines worked. And I think um, one of the things I'm interested in is history. And I love knowing how things used to work, you know, and sure. you really get a hands-on feel here. And at the end, uh, one of the docents takes some of the black powder and she lights it. She explodes oh, it Whoa. to give you a chance to see how that black powder exploded. It, it's awful fun. It's a great family <laughs> place. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, help your – Help your kids learn how to make black powder. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I posted it on TikTok. I had 34,000 views. I, I was very impressed with myself. Wow. I'm impressed. 34,000 views on TikTok? Yeah, well, just for this one little thing that was an explosion. Yeah, I'll have to share it with you. It's a funny little video that I made. But um, but anyway, what else? The yeah, helicopter museum is there, and um, and Biden, um, you know, is going to be talking more, and maybe he'll be he'll set up a it'll be a summer White House. Although I believe that the summer White House is going to be in another part of Delaware called Rehoboth, where he has a beach house. Oh, and my. that's a wonderful place. And I was told interesting little detail. I was told that, like, if that's the summer White House, it's going to be a real problem because it's right on the street. There's nothing to, like, hide it. It's, uh -huh. it's a beach house. You know the way those beach houses, there's hardly any trees. They said the neighbors are really close. It's like being in the Jersey Shore. 
they'd have to secure the entire Rehoboth Beach. So it's <laughs> unlikely that that'll be the next White House for sure. Well, if anybody can do it, the Secret Service can. You know, <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, when you go to Key West, you can take a look at the um, what was it, the Truman, Truman Summer White, summer House, White yeah. House, which uh, I mean, and I'm sure they had security back in those days, but it wasn't required to be quite as extensive as these days. So, uh, yeah, and didn't uh, yeah. so Truman was in Key West, and wasn't Nixon? Didn't he have a White House in like uh, off of in the coast Sen- of Miami? Well. Uh, well, he may oh, have a, a, a sort of a different one, but his summer White House was in San Clemente, California. Just and, San Clemente, uh, right. San right. Clemente, yes. which is just a yeah. few miles from where we are. Uh, and it was quite a place. Actually, it's been preserved. It's a very large house, but uh, it's now surrounded by a housing tract. Yes. So that's what happens, right? Casa Pacifica, it was called. And... Um, uh, you used to be able to at least go up to the gate to it. Uh, uh, I had a friend come and visit who was a, a huge Nixon fan, and so he wanted to go see, you know, Casa Pacifica. So, but we could get as far as the gate, I think. But I mean, Nixon had extremely good taste. Uh, San Clemente is, uh, you know, the, the mountains are on one side and the ocean is on the other, the Pacific Ocean, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, it sounds uh, fantastic. I yeah. want to add one other thing before we close our segment about Wilmington. Uh, if you want to know more about Wilmington, please go to visitwilmington.com. Visitwilmington.com. Couldn't be easier. Well, it certainly sounds like a fascinating place, and you have given us a wonderful introduction to it. I think maybe one of the first introductions to uh, a, a city that's going to be, I think, increasingly popular as, as a place to visit over the next few years. And then, you know, like eventually, you know, people still go visit uh President's hometowns, even after they're, even after That's they're correct. And you know, the other thing that was exciting about the trip was the hotel we stayed in was the Hotel Weston. And the Hotel Weston is right next to the place where he accepted the presidency, the nomination. So oh, literally facing, backed up, filled with Secret Service, backed up to the podium of where Joseph Biden accepted the Democratic uh, position. It was just so exciting. Unfortunately, uh, it was a drive-up event. You know, Because of the COVID, they didn't want to have a crazy rally with all these maskless people like some people have done. So he's going to he chose to use cars. So he had people honking their horns. In congratulations, but people were safe and everybody had masks on, and as Joe has done throughout his campaign, which I really appreciate. So, well, I think we all do because uh, you know the um, at least most of the evidence that I've read is masks are necessary. They really, really do. They really do cut down the virus, and it really says volumes about your concern for other people. Yeah, and for exactly. that a statement that about really how you feel. Exactly, Paul. You're right. Yeah. And Great it's thing. interesting you say the hotel and, and the, the Hotel Weston, which you said was another nice place to stay in. Really Hope. nice hotel. Yeah. The only problem with hotels in the pandemic is there's no breakfast. Mm. There's no room service. You barely, you know, you can ask for more towels. But once again, as I talked to you when I talked about my New York State trip. Tra- travel will come back in full force. In the meantime, I'm grateful there are some hotels that are open where you can can stay and, you know, exercise precautions and all of that. And and um, Max Hartzorn of GoNomad.com, uh, thank you so much for giving us this wonderful introduction to Wilmington, Delaware, um, a visit to Joe Biden's hometown. The website is visitwilmington.com and GoNomad is just GoNomad.com. Max Hartzorn, thank you for being with us on Travel. 
Always a pleasure, Paul and Elizabeth. Until next time. And thank you for being with us. I'm Elizabeth Harriman. I'm Paul Leslie. Stay safe. Join Paul and Elizabeth at any time since each episode of Traveling is available as a podcast on iTunes, keyword on travel, and at ontravel.com. You can join the global community on Twitter and Facebook at ontravelmedia, and you can email at traveling at ontravel.com. Your suggestions for show topics and comments are always welcome. Join us next time on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Fred Sager.